Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. In life, you can be average, you can be quite good, you can indeed be very good, but what it comes down to is learning how to be great, and that is what we intend to explore on this brand new podcast. Welcome everyone to the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great. Over the coming weeks, months, dare I say it, years, we're going to be exploring the entire wrestling world in the most finite, intricate detail you could possibly imagine. We're going to be seeking out the very best at all sorts of different subjects, whether it's moves, people, years, shows, places, all sorts. And with me to do it, I'm very happy to say, is my old mate, Showbiz Paul Benson. Paul, how are you doing? I am very well, thanks, Rob. Very well, thanks for asking. How about you, sir? I'm good, and I'm really excited about this new project to just to get really stuck in to the very, very best of professional wrestling. And it's our ethos, isn't it? From the very, very start of Hooked on Wrestling, from the original days when it was intended to be an online magazine, right through all the pay-per-view shows to the podcasts to the websites, everything that we've put in, our ethos has always been, it's wrestling, enjoy it. And those four words have really been what we try and stand by. Yes, we have some fun at some of the crappier bits of uh, of the sport sometimes, but we're here to have fun, right? We're here to enjoy the discipline, here to enjoy the sport. And so we thought that's what we're going to do. So we are starting today with a very, very specific part of wrestling. And we are going to be deciding who, or actually you're going to be deciding who. We are just going to be the conduits to get it down to a short list and you the hooked on listenership are going to decide who has the finest drop kick in professional wrestling history paul are you excited for this topic yeah i am like you know it's about time we put some structure in this isn't it you know what you and i are like for rambling on about all sorts of things so i'm really excited to be having some proper discussions about uh, you know it's it's something that everyone knows you know every wrestler who can get off the ground has tried a bro- drop kick at some point we all have our opinions we certainly have so i'm really excited to be cracking in and obviously we are going to be talking about the best drop kick and you know who who, who throws it best you know whatever else but it's important to note that it's not going to be you know we're not going into anal detail on all this thing we're it's going to be a hook to hang our conversational coat on is that right fair that's to a, say that's a very very nice uh, nice way to put it the h stands for hook and we will go with that i think it's also important to mention paul and i have been around wrestling for a very long time we've been fans and then we've been well i've been a journalist and a writer uh, paul's worked on the tv side of things we've also got to know a lot of wrestlers etc etc but i can't speak for you actually but i have never taken a bump in my life i've been inside a wrestling ring once i have run the ropes once and i wasn't very good at it and it hurt um, <laughs> and it was it was in portsmouth under the supervision of d brown i ran some ropes and i was right. rub- rubbish at it 
He actually thought I was there for a trading session. I went, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll run the ropes, though. Uh, honestly, genuine. I was, I was there to interview him. And he went, so you're going to get in the ring and have a few months? I was like, no, I don't think so. I'm not really in the gear for that. Uh, you, I believe, once turned down an opportunity to be in a Jake the Snake wrestling school. Is that true? I did indeed, because it was basically in the late 90s, early 2000s, and I could tell that Jake was hustling me. So even though he's the first wrestler I'd ever spoken to, and I was sat there in my pants eating a pot noodle on a Friday night in my student digs, and even then I didn't give in to it. But having said that, I have been in the ring and had a little grapple and uh, you know, a, a lesson would be putting it to too high you know over egging it too much but I've had a little rumble a little tumble whatever they call it with um, one of the you know one of the most well thought of stars outside of WWE and AEW actually go on then I don't know this do you not know this no do you know I don't this? know this story I have my one and only time getting in a wrestling ring and doing anything physical was with Marty Skrull well there we go I had no idea he showed me a few bits and pieces, showed me how to do a lock-up, showed me how to do a little bump, showed me how to run the ropes. I did it for about four minutes, and I was absolutely knackered. <laughs> the honestly, first and last time. I honestly didn't know that. I have sat on the uh, the apron of a ring, um, on the and for before a big show, actually, before um, Bound for Glory 2009, I actually sat on the ring apron on the outside during the afternoon and actually the outside of the ring I don't know if people know this is actually the hardest part of the ring I don't know if they've, they've ever never, mentioned it on TV they've never mentioned it they've did they mention it on TV no no no, so. no but the point I know you're getting to is that we neither of us are wrestlers neither of us are wrestling trained neither of us know anything about the mechanics of actually physically doing this stuff we just know what we like and looks good on TV looks good in a ring so we're hence the reason we are not going to profess to know the ins and outs of this how can we possibly be professors of it and comment on the intricacies when we could not possibly know how what we're looking for and and that goes from the vast majority of fans out there if we're being honest with ourselves doesn't it yes it does but our, our point is really that we're not going to stand here being pious and say that well we are going to say x is better than y but we're also not going to say you know try and bore everyone with the mechanics of how you take off on your left leg and you land like this yeah because quite frankly we don't know all that but We've taken some advice and we've spoken to a few people and we've polled some people. We've got some reactions from uh, a couple of people that you'll have heard of. So we'll, we'll bring them into the uh, into the mix as we go along. Um, and the other thing we just want to uh, quickly mention before we really get into the uh, the meat and drink of this podcast um, is, Paul, that uh, there is a, a hooked on wrestling development. This is going to be very much a, not a nostalgia podcast, but a, a look at the whole wrestling landscape. We're not really going to be thinking about um, what's happening this week on Raw, what's happening next week at the pay-per-view but you do just want to quickly mention that uh, there's a hooked on development as it were there is so um assuming this this podcast is up and running on time on the day it's scheduled to be <laughs> today no is the official launch day of hookedonwrestling.co.uk edit point uh, yesterday was the official launch date edit point two days ago was the official launch date carry on <laughs> Okay. Um, yep, we are launching our brand new website. It's up and running as you speak. It's well, I'm quite proud of it actually. I've I've built the guts of it myself. Uh, totally self-taught. Use my time on furlough fairly wisely. Um, we've got news. We've got columns. We've got pay-per-view predictions with a twist, um, which I'm, we might come back to later in the podcast. Actually, we've got a competition that everyone can get involved with every month and try and beat the experts. <laughs> in inverted commas yeah. um, 
um, we've got um, podcasts actually so obviously there's you and I running uh, our How To Be Great podcast but it's not the only one we've got uh, we are actually going to be the new official home of uh, Liam Happ and Dean Ayres' Because WCW podcast that is now officially part of the Hooked on Wrestling podcast network um, as well as uh, a couple of others as well that are coming soon and dropping in the next few weeks so Rob no longer are we lone voices in the dark the, we've, we've got stable mates we're the we're the number one though right we're the, we're the, we're the face of the podcast network for now for yeah, now yeah. and I'm still the highest paid you know, podcast. Oh, joint, joint highest paid. Favoured nations. So that if anyone gets anything more, <laughs> I get the most. Yeah, is that right? Well, it's not in writing, but we'll we'll sort that out. We'll sort out your con- we'll sort your contract later. Four on. pounds a week. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's great. So obviously, if anyone, we won't dwell on this. Don't want to be turning into the massive shill. But if anyone no. is listening, please do go and have a butch at hookedonwrestling.co.uk. We're going to do our best to get as much news on there as possible. But what we're most proud of is the columns and the opinion pieces and the features. Yeah. Um, hopefully you come for the, you're attracted in by the news and stay to read those so have a gander have a look any feedback massively appreciate it tell your friends and uh, yeah. yeah let's see where it goes let's be quite frank there's not there's not a dearth of places to get your news is there not you, really you can get news in different places but we're not looking to be that site we're not we're not going to be one of those news with a Z sites. We're not going to try and attract people with, you know, dodgy tweets that are, are you know, dodgy social media posts that are just to get you to look at some female wrestlers wearing not very much on their Instagram pages. No, That's no, not no. what we are. We're going to have some fun with it. We're going to chat about wrestling. We're going to have our opinions. We're going to do some stuff. Hey, and, and maybe you've been to another site or maybe you've had your own idea of the kind of thing you'd like to see. Why don't more people do X, Y, and Z? Hey, tell us. You know, we'll work yeah. with it. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll think about it. But for today... Let's get drop kicking. It's, uh, I think it's a move that it feels to me like it's the kind of thing that it, it's, it looks easy. And I think it's the kind of thing that when you've had a couple of drinks with your mates and you're on some grass, you think, oh, I'll do a drop kick on my mate. And then you do it and then you put your arm out for the next two weeks and you realise actually the, the, the technique of it I think is really, really difficult. But the fact that people make it look easy is probably part of the art of why we were going to go into some of the the better ones that are there. Do you know what I'm saying? I think it's um, the professionals that make it look easy when it's actually not uh, are one of the the, the best examples of of that kind of thing. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. I've not asked you about this in advance, but can you remember the first time you saw one? Can you remember like going back to your early wrestling oh, memories and things? Like, who, when I say the word dropkick, like, and you go back to when you're sort of like eight or nine, first watching wrestling, who are the first people you think of that you might have oh, seen do a dropkick? Yeah, well, actually, no, I was, I was about to, I was about to sort of scratch my head a bit. No, but I'm pretty certain that the first dropkick or drop kicks, actually, I would assume would have been the Rockers. Okay. You know, I, I became a fan in in mid 1991, um, so I caught the back end of those guys. Uh, and I remember distinctly seeing a few matches on uh, WWE TV on Survivor Series, and obviously, you know, I've seen plenty since then. And I, I love their double drop kick. Their double, their stereo drop kicks are just phenomenal. So I suspect they were probably the first guys that impressed me with them. But can't say that with any great certainty. My first two matches I watched were the Legion of Doom against the Nasty Boys and the Big Boss Man against the Mountie. So I can't imagine there were too many being thrown there. No, but on that show there would have been the. Uh a Bret Hart Intercontinental title win it against was. someone that's going to uh, pop up in our chatter but I didn't at watch some it. point oh you didn't but see I didn't that match watch right? that. no I literally just saw those two matches on that show first time I saw it subsequently maybe I don't know a year or so later but that first year there were the only two matches on the show I saw so no I, I missed all the good stuff really 
Well, you bring up an interesting point mentioning the Rockers quite so early because what's going to be difficult on some of these chats when we talk about moves in, excuse me, moves in particular, are uh, you can always say, oh, let's say we were doing a, a thing about I don't know sleepers or versions of the sleeper, and we started to talk about you know Samoa Joe or Taz or whatever, then you start to say, well, actually it was the Million Dollar Man, or well, actually it was Sergeant Slaughter. You start to go back on the same sort of move, don't you? You start to go back in history and people yeah, yeah. try and one-up you. Now, we are not saying that someone that currently wrestles who's got a lovely dropkick invented it. You know, we're not going to... Well, that's not what we're saying. Clearly, you know, it's like... You, you you can have the opinion that the the Oasis are better than the Beatles. If you have that opinion, you're entitled to it. You can't say... Um, you, you absolutely are also entitled to say there would be no Oasis, no Oasis without the Beatles, but that doesn't mean that you can't improve on things as we go. So I think we will dispel the notion that just because you did it first, that means you did it better. But I do feel compelled to say the reason that the Rockers were doing their double drop kick is because the Rock and Roll Express were doing their double drop kick. And I think, you know, they are people that, when we're talking tag teams, I think they absolutely were innovators and people that in an era where a lot of the wrestling was mat based they were flying around and doing some extraordinary stuff that the rockers essentially copied and uh, you know yep. if, you know if we're going back into the you know the early 80s even the late 70s i think the rock and roll express have to come into the equation you know to at least have a passing mention i don't think they're going to make our final what we should say everyone is we're going to come up with a short list on this podcast and at the end of it produce a poll so you can vote for your favorite and it's up to us to try and narrow it down i don't think the rockers or the rock and roll express are going to make it to our short list well i might be wrong but i think they have to be mentioned don't you yeah absolutely um it's far from my area of expertise i'll be honest but like you say they they set the template that many others followed and bloody hell they're still wrestling today I don't suppose they're throwing too many drop kicks at what sixty odd years old, but yeah, yeah, they're 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 going to be up there, aren't they? Do you know what? They're not quite as well. They probably are maybe just about sixty now, but they're at, they're actually not as old as you think, or they're not they're not as old as they appeared. I can remember <laughs> seeing the Rock and Roll Express on the early days of Nitro, and sort of like in this Attitude Era WWE when they came over for yeah, a little bit. Yeah. They're in a battle royal, weren't they, at WrestleMania? And you think, oh, they were really old and broken down. They were like forty. It's crazy, isn't it? I know this is someone on another podcast's favourite thing to do to say AJ Styles is 42, but it's <laughs> you know there are so many wrestlers like the Rock and Roll Express are not are basically the same age as Bret Hart. You know, wow. And, and it's like you just don't you think of them being a bygone. Someone's going to write in now and go the Rock and Roll Express are you know three years and four years older than Bret. Okay, but they're roughly the same sort of generation as Bret, and you just you don't think of that, do you? You don't think it's funny. of that as being a possibility. Isn't it, isn't it funny how time warps your your sort of mind and your perspective on wrestling like that? Yeah. Absolutely. Don't you think? Like, you're right. Like I remember watching the Rock and Roll Express in 98 and thinking, my God, these guys are washed up. And then, like you say, in, in what, the year before, Bret Hart was in the best match on the card. Um, there have been examples up and down the card. God, so that, that's crazy, actually. That really yeah. is odd to think about, it, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, it's mad, but then you'll go back, and I bet when you were a kid and you think back to footballers that were, you know, playing in the Premier League. Now, now, that, now that both of us are older than virtually every footballer that's playing in the Premier League. Oh, don't. When don't. you were in, in, older than a couple of managers. Like, when you were a kid, basically every player that was playing was a, basically a you know, middle-aged man, weren't they? And now you realise that they're all There are, there are certain markers in your life. I, I remember 
you know, when I realized that I was older than a Premier League player for the first time. Um, and now I'm approaching the age where I'm older than every Premier League player. And certainly, yeah, there's a couple of managers who are younger than me. And hopefully it'll be a while before I get to the point where every manager is younger than me, because that'll be... Uh, that would be problematic. Roy Hodgson will probably still be going on when I get to that age anyway. <laughs> the head of Roy Hodgson in a jar, like on, <laughs> like on Futurama. Uh, I do actually recall when I was working for a, a football club um, a few years ago and a player signed and I told him the first time I met him, I said, I'm really, really happy you've signed. And his, his eyes widened as if to go, oh, thank you. That's a really nice thing to say. And I said, yeah, because I looked on your Wikipedia and you're about three months older than me. And <laughs> it means there's two players in the squad that are older than me uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, was, it actually turned out to be a very, very good player and a really good lad as well. But uh, that's, and that's not the point. Anyway, back to wrestling. Yeah, we've talked about um, some of these sort of the early... Uh, people to use it in our brain. I also want to make a passing mention. I don't think they're going to make it onto our uh, onto our list, but I want to make mention of a couple of people that were around in the uh, in the 1970s in this country, because people are always talking about Japan and always talking about Mexico, about the high flyers and so forth. But if there is one particular match that's that's on YouTube and there's a few matches involving these people. But I want to mention Rollerball Rocco and Marty Ooh, Jones. Yeah, 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 yeah. Again, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to get onto our, onto our final list. But the pair of them are cruiserweights before they were cruiserweights, light heavyweights before they were light heavyweights. They are extraordinary, and I'm talking matches from World of Sport, 1977, 1978, maybe into the early 80s, and the two of them are flying around like nobody's business. They were not the only ones; there were others, but they are the two that stand out to me. I would throw the Dynamite Kid in there as well. Dynamite is like half a generation on. And of course, he then starts to go to Japan and then to Canada and then to really sort of like represent Britain. But you almost feel that to me, Dynamite is he's absolutely British. But to me, he's he didn't necessarily learn his trade. He learned he learned the early days of his trade here, but he he, he, you know, finalized it and he matured elsewhere more. And he learned a lot in Japan. But Marty, Marty Jones and Rollerball were doing it here and they were stealing the show. I think it's important, by the way, to know at this point, part of this part of our format for how to be great is we are going to be asking the question, um, as some of you will have seen on social media, we'll ask the question ahead of time on the on the social media channels, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. We won't be discussing anyone. We won't we bring anyone to the equation for, for our shortlist that you guys don't nominate. It's yep. really important. Yep. So like, unless somebody mentions them, uh, at least one person ahead of time, we can't we can't put them on the list so for instance with this with this particular dropkick episode we were really surprised that every single person every single nomination was male um there was not a single female nomination which i think is, is slightly unfair i think there's you know maybe not you know if you're talking greatest ever maybe maybe there's um maybe it's tough but you know certainly in the modern day I think Charlotte's got a great drop kick I think Asuka's got a great drop kick you go over to Japan um, I think oh I think Ayo Shirai over, even in WWE is, is got a phenomenal drop kick actually um, and, I'm, and, I'm, and there's, I'm sure there are plenty others out there we're not that knowledgeable about and clearly other people weren't too too in on either but that's the reason before you know obviously we will we will probably come in for a bit of stick that the uh, the list doesn't have any female performers but that's why you don't you don't you don't put them up we can't knock them out that is true and i i hope that in the future well i know in the future that we're going to do a uh, 
We're going to be very specific about our topics, by the way, folks. Don't expect us to do a greatest tag team of all time. Don't expect us to do a, you know, you know, greatest match of all time. Everyone does that. We're going into details. That's why we're doing drop kick. But we will do moves and certain moves. I'm looking forward to the best top rope elbow of all time. Because everyone's going to say Macho Man, and I am going to fight for Kari Sane. I don't care what anybody says. But anyway, that's uh, that's well into the future. Um, yeah. What Paul just said, yes, if you don't nominate, we won't, uh, well, we will discuss, but we won't um, make them eligible for the uh, the they'll final get, They'll it's get a, an honourable mention. Uh, as indeed uh, the two British guys that I've just mentioned now. I don't think anyone did actually say Marty and Rollerball, but uh, if just by sheer mention it means you go and see their match, then uh, my job is done. But it's a little bit like if you're a cricket fan, when you're playing cricket, if you don't appeal for a leg before wicket, the umpire can't give it, even if he thinks it's plum LBW. So you are making the appeal and we are just simply um, giving it to the DRS or whatever. The, uh, <laughs> well, that kind of falls down at that point in that analogy. Um, well, I want to start with the uh, the real contenders. So when we started to say, as Paul said, we put it on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, what is your opinion on the greatest dropkick that's out there? We had, I would say, in the region of 10 or a dozen names that came up on a repeated basis, some more than others, but there were a bunch of those. So we're going to try and get into the meat of those names that you've mentioned. Try and get through to absolutely everybody that you've mentioned, even if it's just a passing reference. But I want to start off with a big one. And I want to start off with a big one because I think sometimes just hearing someone state an opinion sometimes gets in people's heads. And I would say of all the drop kicks that have ever I have ever seen on television, the one that I have heard talked about the most by the commentators is by... First of all, he was Sparky Plug, or Thurman Sparky Plug, and then he was Bob Sparkplug Holly, and he's been Hardcore Holly, and he's had lots of different epithets over the years. But I would say the man that let's broadly call Bob Holly, Robert Howard, his real name, Bob Holly, is probably the most talked about dropkick that's been on television. Would you agree with that, Paul? I would, yeah, absolutely. I would suspect there's a little bit, and I don't mean to sound mean or sort of like I'm trying to be critical in this. I'm, I'm really not. You know, a few people, when I saw them mention Bob Holly on the Facebook feed, a few people said something online of, oh, unpopular opinion. Or yeah, I saw of, that. No people like this, but what I really think is that Bob Holly is not known as a man with a huge amount of wrestling skill, which I think is unfair. I think he's a perfectly I think it's very good, good to very good wrestler, but I think the general perception of him, the wrestling, actual mechanics of being a wrestler are not maybe his strong point. So I think it's because he's got such a strong drop kick, it's something for commentators and fans to kind of hang their hat on. Um, it's noticeable because he's not that flashy outside of it so whilst he might not have the best ever he might who knows that's not for me to say necessarily but I think maybe his drop kick compared to the rest of his skill set probably stands out more than more than the vast majority I think that we need to make a point here again early and I'll try and set our stall out early in this podcast series is that um, we're certainly not asking you who your favourite wrestler is or, you know, who do you like the most? Yeah. It's about the specific move. I would give an example as when we do the cosplay competition at our live Hooked on Wrestling parties, I've noticed that sometimes we might have someone who is, let's say, let's say they are, they're come as their costume and they look exactly like Roman Reigns. They've got the hair, they've got the beard, they've got the outfit, they've got the, the you know, the, the way of doing that weird mooing thing he does. Um, I always think he reminds me of Mantor when he does that. But they sure. might have every expression absolutely down. 
And then someone might look a bit like Nakamura, but not really. And then we ask our crowd, what do you like best? They'll sometimes cheer for Nakamura, and you go, well, that's because you like Nakamura and his music, and you don't like Roman Reigns. Whereas this dude has turned up looking exactly like Roman Reigns with his costume. And it's like, it's not which wrestler do you like best, it's which outfit is best. And it's yeah. the same with this. So you might say, I was never a big fan of Hardcore Hollies. I don't like the way he you know, apparently did this to you know rookies and whatever. And, you know, first of all, don't get sucked into those sort of... Uh, uh, rumors, unless you know more about it. But then, um, you know, you might have an opinion based on what you know about him online, and it might affect you saying, "Wow, oh, he wasn't that good." But let's face it, the guy's drop kick was absolutely outstanding. And I always, I can, whenever I think of a Bob Holly drop kick, I actually hear. Do you know how a lot of the time when you think about wrestling, you hear Jr. Do you know what I mean? Or yeah. in certain yeah. eras of, you know, TNA, you hear Mike Tanay, or eras of WCW, you hear Tony Schiavone or, or Eric Bischoff or whomever. I think that I hear Vince when I think of Bob Holly I think of Vince McMahon saying dropkick by Holly and he throws a mean dropkick which I've always thought is a weird descriptive term because to me mean equals average but I'm sure obviously <laughs> mean as in you know he's a mean guy but um, I, I think of Vince McMahon I think he obviously saw a lot in that and you know they made plenty of that dropkick over the years it was a it was a real staple of his arsenal and I want to bring in again another factor that we want to consider um, when we're deciding on these top things is is how important was the drop kick to the wrestler I think that needs to be considered in the sense that do you know if you, if you have a goal of the season competition right and I'll pick on Grimsby because Paul's a Grimsby fan but if if, if Grimsby are 4-0 down in, on a, in a mid-table clash that doesn't matter and then one of your players picks the ball up on the halfway line, beats five, and then curls it into the top corner with the outside of his foot, right? That's a great goal. Mm-hmm. But Zinedine Zidane scoring a left foot volley to put Real Madrid in front against Bayer Leverkusen at Humden Park in the Champions League final, that's a great goal, but it means something a lot more. And it's the same way that the best match you ever ever saw might have been on a house show in Sheffield in 1994, but it's not WrestleMania, is it? Do you know what I mean? And it's like every big match will be elevated because of the the stage that it's on, just as well as the quality of the match. And I think we have to bring that into the drop kick. I don't think it necessarily has to say that the person themselves has to be main event quality, but I do think the drop kick needs to have meant something to that person. Do you see what I mean by that? Oh, completely. Um, yeah, there there are dozens and dozens of examples. I, you know, I still maintain the best match I've ever seen. Well, no, I'll rephrase it. The best match I ever saw live was Brett against Bulldog at Wembley. But one of my most treasured matches I've ever seen live was at the was the main event of the NXT house show in Leeds in I want to say 2017 on their second UK tour. You can say, you can say 2017. That's fine. Bobby Roode against Drew McIntyre. <laughs> really? Yep. In front of I don't know seven eight hundred people. For the NXT title, it was two wrestlers being wrestlers. And they didn't touch for five minutes, and they had the crowd in the palm of their hands. And it was absolutely wonderful. Wonderful. But ultimately meaningless. So there's no there's no real context to it at all. But it was fantastic. And I think, like you said, there's, there's examples of that. In, on most shows you go to, um, you'll find something great on there. But if, uh, if a bear shits in the woods and there's no one around... <laughs> Who's going to get it? Some toilet paper. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. 
<laughs> I actually saw I saw Rhino and Booker T do a very similar thing on a TNA show in Liverpool once. Basically, hardly do any wrestling at all, but fire the crowd up. It was a thing of beauty. Okay, so Hardcore Holly is absolutely one that I think we're going to need to consider down the line when we uh, when we uh, come back to it. Um, so he's in the he's in the consideration. Um, over to you, someone that you've seen plenty of people pitch on the social media and one that you agree with, Paul. Throw one in the mix for me. Okay. Um... One I've seen mentioned to uh, to a large degree is uh, is Randy Orton. Okay. Randy okay. Orton on on the theme of wrestlers that might not be get too much acclaim for their in ring, um, in the same way as Bob Holly. I've seen a lot of mentions for 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 Orton. Do you know? And what I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with them. I do as well. I think there's an interesting thing about um, Randy Orton. I'm just going to try and find some of the comments from the. Uh, from the social media here because uh, there's a few things that kind of that they match up uh, Lee Speed for example funny enough he started by saying Bob Holly for sure uh, but the, he then said a young Randy Orton too uh, whereas there was another one down here further on let me just see uh, Michael Aldersley said Randy he used to do a drop salt and land on his feet in OVW and even here's a first big name drop of the podcast because we put this um, question out to some of the people that we uh, know in the wrestling industry and as well as mentioning a couple of other people who will come on to um, MVP yeah, you know him from uh, from Raw uh, MVP he said uh, Orton had a sweet one back in the day and I've yep. noticed that some of the people that referred to Randy Orton's dropkick referred to the fact that he used to have one mm. which I think is a little bit harsh I've still seen Orton do dropkicks recently ah, I don't think yes. it's, but this brings me to my point of how important is it to their, I, I hate using this term move set like I'm some sort of, um, you know, you know, mark for the video games. But if you start thinking about Randy Orton's moves, obviously the RKO, but you think about the draping DDT, you think about the snap, um, uh, power slam. Of course, you think about the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the stalling <laughs> reverse chin lock and the stomps. I don't think you think of the drop kick anymore. I don't think it's part of his no. key routine anymore. But certainly, as a younger Randy Orton, and I don't think there's anything to take away, that doesn't take away from this ex- ex- uh, example. But yes, it's definitely something that the young, up-and-coming Randy Orton I... had. Sorry, Rob. Sorry, no, go ahead, go ahead. I, w- I it just came out of my mouth. I will contradict you slightly there, um, because I totally see what they're saying. Because Orton still does the drop kick. He does still but do he, it, but he doesn't do it in the way he used to. The way he used to do it was really it was unique, actually. So. It was you've seen. Uh, I know you're not a big film fan, but you've, you've, have you seen The Matrix? Yes, I've seen the first. I've seen the first one. I've seen the first. So one. you know the bullet time thing where you know Neo will jump up in the air and then yeah, of course, stop in time. Then the character. I think that he copied Trish on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say that, but no, it was almost like that. He was such a good athlete, and I mean athlete in you know in the, in the most natural sense of the world word. He'd jump up with his legs coiled, and he'd almost hang in the air for a split second horizontally and then he kind of fire his legs out I'll I'll try and send you I'll try and get you a gif no, or something you you an example you but mean. he used to have this unbelievably sweet drop kick when he, and it was as if time stood still for just that split second when he was in the air and then and he'd always time it so superbly so that jump would coincide with the opponent you know bouncing off the ropes towards him and then he'd kick and I know what I, I can't remember the OVW drop salt but I can kind of see where the, I could kind of see where that will have come in because his landing was also so sweet because he kind of his legs kind of swept up underneath him and he landed in a 
graceful kind of way like that looked amazing visually it was absolutely incredible um and i don't yeah i don't think he does that anymore i think he does the more traditional drop kicks you know the guy's getting older and it's well, probably yeah. quite a hard bump to take if you're doing it time after time night after night so i can understand why that would be but yeah that was you know i can i can relate to why people are saying randy a young randy orton or randy orton used to or whatever else because it, that was amazing but it's definitely changed over time i tell you what it's similar to it's not a drop kick but do you remember how a young scott steiner you know pre big popper pump scott steiner we'd hit that frankensteiner and he'd almost seem like he'd be hanging in the air waiting for his opponent to run into him for just most, a split second most definitely yeah. yeah similar thing similar thing and a probably very similar body mechanic again i don't know i've i've never been capable of doing anything remotely like that so i wouldn't know but i'd imagine the the body mechanics are probably very similar between steiner's frankensteiner and orton's old style dropkick I would also think that's something we will also factor into our considerations. Again, we're not we're not doing this on a, you know, what are the what were the four points they used to do on uh, on Robot Wars? Was it style, control, damage, and aggression? And we're not quite um, putting it down as a you know specific topics here, but I think that something that's worth bringing in is how did the person do the move that stood out? You know, they didn't just yeah. do a good a good drop kick. They did a drop kick and it, they made it their own. They did their own thing. So I think that's absolutely in 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 Orton's um, uh, in his good books. It goes down to uh, a, you know points on his side. So he will be someone we'll come back to to consider for the final list. Let me bring up another name, um, and it might not be so well thought of because he had a bit of a, a short term career in WWE. He seemed to not necessarily uh, be everyone's favourite behind the scenes. But it was the word that you used a minute ago, which was drop salt. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk Paul London. Where does Paul London fit into this? Um, yeah, good, good shout. I think, I think he fits in there in the short but sweet category. Like you say, it's very easy to forget. But I, now you've mentioned it. But we wouldn't, we wouldn't have that count against him in this particular no, no, discussion. No, absolutely not. It's just, it's just if you'd have asked me, yeah, the other, well, you did ask me the other day. But when you, when you were asking me, if you'd have asked me cold without giving me any prompts, I'm hand on heart. I don't think Paul London would have been one that sprung to mind. But yeah, he was another guy that had that unique drop. He always. I, here's me probably being some sort of a wrestling uh, what's the word hipster or whatever but obviously London's big run in uh, in WWE was in the tag team with Brian Kendrick wasn't it and it was, they were great and they had that year long tag team title run I believe on Smackdown I much preferred his team with Kidman that's just me be, that's just me probably being liking the smell of my own farts but I just remember being absolutely loving that team and that was when he started um I started really noticing that drop salt drop kick he did because they'd do it in stereo they would do it you know in conjunction with each other and it just looked awesome cross between a moonsault and a drop kick and you know you don't get many guys doing that do you you don't and you know do you know what I'm gonna I know I'm the one that brought it up and I did used to really enjoy it and I thought it was you know a very clever thing to do the only thing I would say that I would say that, that to me plays slightly against it is I thought every now and again it was a bit contrived. I thought it was used a little bit too much, and I thought it was a bit contrived that every time it seemed that Paul London hit a drop kick, someone happened to be underneath him that he fell onto to do a moonsault as well. <laughs> and I point. think when I think when that happens, it slightly takes you out of the moment. Now I will say this: I have never ever liked what I believe people call the flare flop. Right? Really? I have always thought it seems stupid to have what is essentially a defensive move 
in your arsenal that you do all the time. You wouldn't fall like that all the time. I didn't like it when... Do you know when Rikishi used to take the clothesline and he sort of flip himself inside out? Yeah, Russell yeah. Gennetti used to do it as well. But Rikishi would do it all the time. And I think, surely doesn't everyone clothesline you like that that makes you flip inside out? Things that just take me out at the moment... Now, listen, the guy Flair did all right for himself over the years. I think he may have invented one or two towns over the 40 yeah, years or so. Okay. So I am not here to criticise Rick effing Flair, right? That's not my point. But I always felt that that was a, just a teensy bit taking me out of the moment. And that is the same with London for me, is that I think he deserves to be in the short list, or in, in the long list, and to be brought up. But I think, to me, I would always say, fun, very clever, very good to look at, but falls into that tongue-in-cheek sports entertainment moment, rather than pro wrestling making it look real moment. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm certainly not going to disagree with you. If you ask me for a for a shorter shortlist, I don't think he would make it for me. Uh, but still, I do remember really enjoying it in a day. Well, we're going to try and get it down to five, aren't we? We're going to try and we get are. this down to five. Yeah. That's, our, that's our intention. Uh, it's our podcast, so we can do it as we want. So if we decide one week um, there's only really two or three candidates, we'll have a two or three person shortlist. If we think it's deserving of more, we'll have more. But um, we think that five is a good number, so that's what we're aiming for. Um, so here's one to see if it fits into the five um, and it's another one that's uh, maybe someone that will be a little bit forgotten but he was mentioned a lot uh, in the uh, in the responses we had step forward the reflection of perfection Mark Jindrak yep yep you see this is the one when again when you mentioned this topic to me this is the one where I thought aha I can show how smart and knowledgeable I am now because none of those buggers will remember Mark Jindrag and his sweet ass drop kicks unfortunately I underestimated everybody and we got plenty of mentions but yep um, what's to say apart from they were absolutely crisp again loads of hang time there's a theme here with my you know my opinions on drop kicks I really like a, a guy that can can make himself look weightless and make himself look like a brilliant athlete so that hang time for me is all important um, and they just look like they he was shooting his legs out of a cannon at his opponent um, almost like a move out of Street Fighter he got so high that he could almost be drop, drop kicking down um, like a missile a standing missile drop kick oh, almost that's uh, probably overreading it slightly, but they were, to me, he's up there, mate. He's you know he's the forgotten man. He's the the unheralded gem. I'd put him in top three of all time. I think there was literally only about a month or two ago that someone, it may even have been Mark Jindrak, <laughs> posted a tweet <laughs> showing a video about her drop kick he'd just done in Mexico, and it just it was extraordinary, a standing drop kick, and he seemed to like take the head off a six foot five guy. Right, and it was like you know just the the mechanics of how he did it, and it was slowed down as well. It was like a real slow motion replay, and it's all I don't say it went viral, but it certainly did the rounds for a couple of days. So I wonder if people are mentioning him more now. I wonder if we'd have done this six months ago, quite whether we'd have had the same take up for Jindrak because of, um, you know, to me it's quite a new thing that people have seen his matches. Um, elsewhere, is he still wrestling under a different? Was it was it him that was wrestling as Marco Corleone? Was that was that Jindrak? Yeah, that's right, same is guy. He, is not... he still using that name? I can't remember, but it's um, uh, certainly pr- perhaps a change of name has taken him out of people's thoughts. Obviously, not wrestled in WWE for a long time. Well, he's um, he's been in Mexico, hasn't he? For and uh, doing well for himself. Doing well for ex- himself. Exactly, absolutely. So I don't think he's um, you know, he's not the name that pops to mind. I guess straight away. 
I think the fun thing, and we, we did say that we're not going to necessarily stick to the dropkick throughout our entire conversation. We are allowed to take a, a little tangent or two from time to time. And I think it's I think it's one of the slightly lesser told stories. And it's a fascinating one. Do you know what I'm going to say here about Jindra? About the, the, um, I assume you're going to go with uh, with evolution. Yeah, I think it's a. I really honestly think it's an underrated story. I know people listening are going, "Yeah, we know that." So I'm not going to go into silly detail, but I think it's extraordinary that um, you know Mark Jindrak was very nearly. We just talked about Randy Orton. You know, Mark Jindrak was was in photo shoots. You know, he was involved in. You know the the publicity for yeah yeah for being in evolution and it didn't end up happening for him and people changed their mind and and he himself I've seen it quite recently so I'm thinking was it on the ruthless aggression y- yeah it was um, it was series that's been um, on the network I think it was that's a really it was. good series that but yeah they showed um, there was the four of them wasn't the Flair Triple H Orton and Batista um, doing that you know you've seen it in their entrance video that famous walk down the street all suited yeah, and booted yeah sort of Reservoir Dogs knockoffs yeah that. well big time knockoffs look at those suits man the only the only reason I can imagine Vince or whoever was in the decision making spot Triple H maybe taking one look at Jindrak in that ridiculously ill-fitting <laughs> honestly if your vibe I'm not I'm not even joking if your vibe is we are the coolest cats in town we are rich women want us men want to be us we are the coolest guys in the room and then your guy turns up in a suit like that that is like clearly not made to measure clearly several sizes too big and cheap as shit I, I honestly think they probably straight away went he just does not get this he does not fit the vibe hit the bricks mate and I think that's probably the right decision because with a stable like Evolution attitude and perception is everything image is everything and if you come to your big photo shoot looking like you're wearing your father's suit then yeah it's not a good look is it it's not a good start no but I think it, it does um, count in his favour that will now that if people say Mark, what do you think of when you think of Mark Jindrak they will say the dropkick and on this particular podcast I think that stands him in good stead the, the type of athlete he was I will just tell a, a quick Mark Jindrak story if I may and this is um, I hate doing this because I'm stealing an anecdote from someone else but he doesn't seem to do podcasts and stuff very much anymore so our great friend both of us um, um, Patrick Lennon Formerly of the uh, the Daily Star and Wrestle Talk TV, yep. um, by the way, the best British wrestling journalist there's ever been, and that's not me trying to be clever and humble and whatever. He nope. is, he, he's he the is. best, right? Um, in many ways. Anyway, Pat told me a story once. I think it might have been the first time I ever met him years and years and years ago in Birmingham, in uh, in I think an all bar one <laughs> in Birmingham, right by the canal. <laughs> Uh, it was either all by one or the slugging letters. I can't remember which one. But um, we were. Uh, he was telling us a story where he went to a uh, a UK tour event, probably a live raw, and he it took with him a couple of. I don't know if they're allowed to call them Page Three from the Star because Page Three is a Sun thing, but some um, you know glamour models that were associated with the, the Daily Star, and he had the uh, the horrible job of accompanying them. Uh, along to a live uh, raw, and I think they appeared on one backstage segment, sort of thing. Anyway, there's the, there's the obligatory post-show drinks or whatever it is, and he's basically now got the quite genuinely enviable task of having to kind of chaperone them, because you've got a room full of testosterone-fueled wrestlers and two beautiful women, probably not wearing a great deal, and you can and you know what's going to happen. But Pat did say, I forget, I honestly don't remember who the girls were, so I'm not going to name them and embarrass them because I can't remember who they were. But I think he did tell me that they both weren't, they weren't of the obvious, you know, 
bimbo variety. They were both quite sensible and smart girls, and they weren't just going to be, you know, bought off by, you know, someone's rippling muscles. But he did say how one of the girls was was sitting there, and a wrestler who may or may not have been known as Marco Corleone in Mexico and throws a good dropkick, wandered over, and his chat-up line was not, you know, you look beautiful, or, you know, can I buy you a drink, or if I said you had a beautiful body, etc. He decided to go over and go, hi, I'm the reflection of perfection, baby. <laughs> oh, my. God. <laughs> and I just think, I am tempted to say Mark Jindrak is not, is not allowed on this shortlist because he tried to chat up a woman based off of his catchphrase in WWE. Oh, no. Now, I would, you I know, would like you to know point that out... Old, you know that old adage about if you say you're cool, you automatically are not. Mm. There we go. Well... Um, so anyway, that is that is tempting. I'm so, oh. I, I should apologise to Pat because that's his story. I apologise to the uh, the Daily Star ladies um, for bringing him into it, and I especially apologise to Mark Jindrak if that's not true because he's bigger than me. <laughs> um, but uh, that's the story I've heard, and it's uh, a very funny one. But let's just say he did have a very very fine <coughs> drop kick. Right back to the MVP reference we had earlier on. He said about a young Randy Orton. The second name he mentioned was Jindrak. He did say that in his tweet to us. But the first one he said, and this came from plenty of people, and it also came accompanied with a gif more often than not, was the man known as Kapjuzika Okada. I didn't. I won't have said that name very well. Let's just say Okada from now on. But the man who TNA TNA thought so much of him to make him a comic sidekick to Samoa Joe and call him Okado. Little did they know he would go on to have one of the finest array of matches of anyone that's ever lived. (laughs) But part of of, uh, Okada's uh, routine is he throws one of the greatest dropkicks ever known to man. And I would say, I've not said this with anyone so far, but I would say he's probably got to be a cinch for our shortlist, has Neo Carter. I mean, I think he's going to feature a lot on the greatest things because he's got so much going for him. But what a dropkick. What a man. Well, uh, oh, yeah, he's very fun there, aren't you, Rob? But um, there, there's, no, there's no coincidence that the image I picked for the post on Facebook and I believe on Twitter as well for this was Okada throwing his sweet-ass dropkick. Um it's just so it's like most things he does in the ring it is pitch perfect isn't it there aren't many better ever and I'd probably go as far as to say I think he's he's the best doing he's the best at throwing one currently and I don't think it's even close yeah on current yeah if, if we were doing who's uh, who's around at the moment and fits into this I think he'd certainly be uh, very very strong on it wouldn't he again it's just there's not a lot to really dig into this, is there? There's not a lot to go deep and tell stories and have fun with it. It's just, it's just so good. Yeah. It's just so quite. very, very good, and it's like, it's almost boringly good. It's almost like I don't want to vote for him because, well, he just win every category. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't actually push through and say, you know, the guy is just so magnificent, and um, that dropkick I think has to be in there. I there's not not much more to say, is there? Nope. No, he's uh, he's an absolute lock. I think we can agree on it. Um, I think it's you know it's just so, like you say. It's there's not really much debate to be had. Tick the box, move on. There's nobody. There is nobody throwing a better drop kick right now on the face of the planet, in my opinion. Okay, I think we've probably got our first properly shortlisted uh, player. I think that Holly and Orton and Jindrak are going to come into it. I think we've got. Uh, 
uh, one in and three sort of very possibles going on so far. Um, I'll add another name. I'm going to stay in Japan for this next name, and I don't think he will make our final list. He certainly wouldn't make mine, but I want to mention him because I think it would be egregious to leave him out. Um, people will be very familiar with one particular drop kick, I would have thought, of Minoru Suzuki. And I think mm-hmm. it's done the rounds a lot of him essentially taking Kenny Omega's head off um, and a few other... Uh, examples of his drop kick. I think I'm going to go straight ahead and say with this, I think it looks looks really good and this is going to be the one of the very very few times that I'm going to stray into the territory of being a little bit critical about someone and how they work because I might have this completely wrong. But I th- rather think that the reason that Minoru Suzuki's drop kick looks like it hurts like hell is probably because it hurts like hell. To me, he actually just kicks the guy, and part of the art of pro wrestling is to do something to make it look very smooth. I suggest when Randy Orton is doing that hang-in-the-air drop kick and spin over, he's not really hurting the guy. I think it's a very much a, a meeting of the two people um, at the same time. Minoru Suzuki, I think, just kicks people's heads off. Now, that's kind of a bit more acceptable in Japan than it is from the rest of the world, but do you see where I'm coming from? Am I being a bit harsh? No, I don't think... I think I share the opinion. I think it's... There's a, there's a whole selection of movies by a whole selection of guys that look like they hurt like hell because they really hurt like hell. The one that springs to mind, and I'm sure everybody else is thinking it now, is Stan Hansen's old lariat. <laughs> the, the, the lariat, yeah. Um, when, yeah, basically, watch out because you're taking it. Um, and that Suzuki dropkick's exactly the same. Impressive visually, absolutely. It's, there's no wonder it's racked up the views and the clicks and the likes on social media because it looks bloody incredible but the reason it looks incredible is because there's no real semblance of control there that is my criticism of Suzuki I cannot get into Suzuki because I feel like if you take away his brute brutishness for want of a better word then you're left with a much lesser pro wrestler and I know to an extent that's the culture over there um, and he's the he's the number one guy in uh, in in that part of the culture, but doesn't really wash for me, especially when you see some of the really gruesome injuries that have been sustained by him and others over the last couple of years with that trend of really headbutting each other. It's just it's a bit gross, if I'm honest. It's a bit gross, and it's not really what wrestling's all about. So yeah, being I think I think he should be excluded just on that basis that it's it's not really there's not that much skill in running as fast as you can and kicking somebody as hard as you can yeah I think so um, speaking of ones that are uh, sort of I would say one off drop kicks but I think there is that particular one of uh, Suzuki's that has been seen a lot um, I'm going to go to someone else that had I would say one very very famous drop kick although he definitely had a very mechanically good one as well A name that won't be discussed, I wouldn't have thought, many times when it comes to the greatest things, and certainly on this How To Be Great podcast, I'm not sure he's going to come up many, many, many times. But I'm going to say five letters, and they are M, A, V, E, and N. (laughs) Yeah. Maven. Absolutely. Maven Maven Huffman, I believe, to give him his full name, but Maven, the one-named wonder, and indeed possibly one dropkick wonder, but he drop kicked the Undertaker out of the Royal Rumble. He and almost did. for that alone, he has to come into consideration. Possibly even for his drop kick on Taker the following year that wasn't quite as successful. Um, but just when it comes down to what he threw as a drop kick, that was pretty decent, pretty damn decent. Yep, yep, no question about it. It was an awesome kick, and you're right, that one was the one. If if we're ever doing a great Royal Rumble elimination, 
pole, then that's oh, and we right will. up there for me. Right up there. Um, and he did throw a sweet-ass dropkick. I wouldn't necessarily be beating down a, beating, a, beating a path to putting it in the top five, but it was cracking. It was good. Again, one for one for the long list, and um, that I certainly think that the, you know, he would ju- if we were doing a list of a top twenty from one to twenty, for example, I think he'd go up three or four places purely for eliminating Taker and having that moment because sometimes wrestling is about moments and and memories and the fact that we can all go, yep, click your fingers, remember that, and it was how long ago? Sixteen years, fifteen, sixteen years ago, maybe a little bit more. 18 years 18 years 2002 was it well there you are then so it doesn't feel all that long ago and it was 18 years ago so how great was that moment how great was it seriously wonderful it was the biggest moment of the the lad's life you know and literally and so and he was mentioned by plenty of people this is the thing this is not just us being smart and bringing someone up and going oh no one would have thought of Maven we had several people say Maven and and <laughs> most of them not doing it as a bit of a wise guy pick or a, a you know a yeah, tongue in cheek pick there were two or three people and I won't mention who they were that said someone and I thought are they joking there is that one of those you know one of those silly uh, you know sub, you know subversion tweets when you say you know who's the best big man of all time and someone says Rey Mysterio do you know what I mean it's like are they being deliberately yep. you know obtuse but Maven, oh, I don't think anyone was joking. I think they meant that seriously. And, and fair Nor play, do I. I would, I would, um, I would say it's. A, I, I think we'd probably agree that he's not going to go in the five, but I think he has to be an honourable mention. Correct. Uh, fully agree. Yep. I'm going to bring up another name, and I associate it a little bit with Maven. Not the same sort of uh, wrestler by any stretch. In fact, quite the opposite. Someone that's had a long very successful career highly rated by a lot of people some will suggest he should have been a bit more successful than he has been I'm going to bring up the name of Dolph Ziggler okay and and I'm going to bring him up now because I think that of all of these I think Ziggler might have as good a fundamental dropkick as anybody I wonder if there are teaching schools out there I don't know how high up on the agenda of uh, a wrestling school the dropkick is I don't know if you learned that on week one or week seven I don't know where quite where it fits into the uh, the class or what they're doing in the uh, the school down at Orlando the performance center but I would suggest that if you wanted to throw a very nice good looking safe as houses fundamental drop kick I think Dolph Ziggler would surely be in there wouldn't he he probably would yes um, I don't know I've, I've got to say the idea of you know putting Dolph's dropkick in there really just leaves me cold, and maybe because the guy himself has been so cooled down over the years that nothing he really does can sort of elicit any excitement from me at the moment. But you're right; it's fundamentally very good. It's got it ticks all the boxes there, but it doesn't really stir the loins like some of these guys throwing the dropkicks do. Is that fair to say? No, I absolutely understand that, and I I, I want to get away from what you just said at the end, where you said that what he's done recently has is, is cooled a little bit I mean agreed but I'm saying that that has to not play against him in this particular category um, but I, again I just think I don't think his I think if you were teaching someone a dropkick I think you'd be very happy to do that but I think if you were teaching someone how to wrestle you might teach them how to be a bit like Dean Malenko but if you were trying to teach them how to be a star you'd teach them how to be the rock do you know yes. what I mean? It's like yeah, no one's ever suggesting that The Rock is a better wrestler than Dean Malenko, but one of the I, I always pick on Dean Malenko, and I probably shouldn't because I quite like the guy, but I've always thought the issue was he was a very sound wrestler with zero personality whatsoever. Right. And and that's kind of why I pick on him. But it's um, 
uh, and a little bit. I'll do a just for Matt Barber. I'll do a football comparison. Um, to me, uh, Dean Malenko is Jermaine, Jermaine Genus, <laughs> who I always and I actually, I actually like Jermaine Genus as a pundit. I think he's good, but as a footballer, he was really seven out of ten at everything. But was he a good winger? No. Was he a good, great centre midfielder? No. Did he score a lot of goals? No. Was he a great tackler? No. But he was really decent at everything, and that's why he got in squads and played in the Premier League. But you were never going to sit there and go, I need to turn this game, I need to come back from 1-0 down. I know, I'll bring Jermaine Genus on. And I don't think anyone ever said, I've got a really big wrestling show coming up at the weekend, I really need to draw some money. I know, I'll go to Dean Malenko. But surely, surely Dean Malenko is James Milner. <laughs> no, I think Milner's better. Milner's better. Milner's more important. I'll, I'll, I will try. I'll try and come up with a, a James Milner. But James Milner is brilliant at, at so many things, and Jermaine Genus is passable at so many things. <laughs> Milner's a better footballer than Genus ever. Are you saying um, Di Malenko's passable at everything? No, I'm saying he was good at what he did, and he was a, <laughs> he, he was he was functional, but he was never. You were never going to win a title with Jermaine Genus, and you were never going to um, draw a crowd with Di Malenko. But if you needed to get someone. You know, into a good position, then he was a really good gatekeeper. And like I said, if if you told me that uh, you know Jermaine Genus was my sort of twelfth or thirteenth player, I'd be sort of happy with him filling in for anybody. But uh, anyway, I've, I've gone I've gone into a football wilderness as I uh, as I often do. So I'll come away from that, and we'll, we'll sort of park Ziggler then. I don't think either of us are getting too uh, excited about the notion of Dolph Ziggler. No. So um, who will we go to next? Let's okay. There's one logical leap, isn't there, from Ziggler because. Um, back in the day when we used to do the Hooked on Wrestling magazine, we used to have a feature called Recipe for a Wrestler. And what we would do was look at a current wrestler and say, what are they made up of? So let's say, for example, if you did Triple H, you'd say you can see parts of Harley Race in Triple H, can't you? You can see parts of um, Ric Flair, fairly obviously, in Triple H. You can sure. see parts of you see parts of Lemmy in Triple H, <laughs> mainly, mainly the moustache for a few years, as well as the music. But there would be certain people that you would say, oh, and Anderson, of course, the Spinebuster, there's certain things that you would say, that's where Triple H has got those mannerisms from, that's who he's learnt from, and it's fairly obvious. Um, I think if you were doing that with Ziggler, and we did do that with Ziggler, I think a major, major feature of the recipe for Dolph Ziggler would be Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. And so, when it comes down to drop kicks, I think we have to bring in Kurt Hennig at this point certainly was one of the first ones that came to my mind certainly was someone that we saw plenty of people uh, tweet and respond about um, over to you Paul for the time being but Mr Perfect got to be a contender I would have thought oh god yeah absolutely I th- he was one of the ones mentioned the most for sure um, it was uh, yeah it was just it was it was just I, d- I really don't want to use the word <laughs> I don't want to use the word the but it, it was it was pretty bloody awesome. Um, no, it was, it was as with everything Henny did. It was just crisp and wonderful, and 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 like you say, you know, he could have so easily been a, a Dean Malenko. You know, who had all the mechanics and fundamentals, and was a great worker. But that was never Mr. Perfect, was it? Mr. Perfect had all that, but he also managed to marry it with such a wonderful charisma especially as a heel uh, where everything he did really felt like it was almost not being used just to damage his opponent but also to humiliate his opponent by showing just how bloody good he was and it was almost that it almost had that element of disdain in that drop kick that he could do a drop kick better than anybody else on the roster without really trying that hard it didn't look forced it was just 
it all came completely naturally to him as natural as throwing and catching his own touchdown pass or hitting <laughs> a hole in one golf throwing the and I'm going to say it perfect drop kick was something he could just do without even thinking about it and that was Hennig's skill and that was why the gimmick fit so well because everything he did was wonderful but nothing looked like it was too too much effort I will add one I mean all of that's correct I would add one more thing um, in particular uh, about uh, Kurt Hennig and his drop kick was that again it was you can differentiate it from other drop kicks he did an amazing running drop kick which a lot of people don't do. A lot of people would do a sort of... I get, someone goes against the ropes and they, they bounce and do it. Others would, that we talked about with Orton and Jindrat, lift them up and do it standing there. Perfect would do a run to the rope. Someone swings a clothesline. He ducks it, runs, hits the other um, rope and then comes off with a drop kick that usually um, drop kick the guy out of the ring. It was part of his arsenal. It's a memorable part of his arsenal, but it was different and it looked fantastic. For a wrestler, actually, a lot of the things that you remember best about him was how he sold which is obviously the, probably the most underrated art of the business, but the most important. Yep. Um, I think you don't necessarily go to... An, I think, once again, I bring it back to my what do you remember about Kurt Hennig offensively? And after the perfect plex, I think I go to his drop kick next. I think it's the thing I next remember about one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. Um, and certainly hello to Ash Rose, who will be listening and... Uh, and tweeted a gif of, uh, of Mr. Perfect saying, who's the perfect uh, uh, um, yeah. he He's right in there for me, and uh, I think he's a very, very strong contender. Yep, Kyrie, although I will say, not to be, um, not to disagree just for the sake of disagreeing, but I always used to love his snapmare that he did, his yes. little running snapmare when the guy was seated on the floor. That's the one that always springs to my mind, but you're obviously you're right. The drop kick was as big a part of his offensive arsenal as anything. It certainly was. Right, speaking of, I think it's a very similar sort of thing in the sense that uh, one of the best wrestlers of the moment, one of his best of his era, one of the best of any era, and again, I think it's an important part of um, someone's moves that it's a move that is memorable, but a move that you can resonate with, a move that it looks like it's hurting his opponent, it looks like he's doing it for a good reason. I would say, again, involving something different rather than just drop-kicking someone but the opponent goes to the ropes and then this man leapfrogs them. They go to the other side and then he goes to the drop down and then they, when they hit the ropes the other side, he runs, he drop kicks their head off. A.J. Styles. Nice. It's nice. an absolute thing of beauty and again, it is different. I think that's really important that you don't... To me, I love Ziggler's drop kick, but it's not different. Nope. And I think everyone else, we can, we can talk about Orton being different, we can talk about... Um, who we've just said there we can just you know about perfect and we and I think you can absolutely say about AJ AJ had a has a drop kick which just looks oh no I'm going to do it now phenomenal yeah well I think it's deserved mate that's absolutely right yeah he's another one where I I wouldn't necessarily think of him as part of the conversation just because he's he's got such an amazing hustle incredibly good moves but yeah the, the drop kicks are are certainly up there as, as good as anybody else doing them in WWE right now yeah no question yeah I'll, I'll go back to what I said before I think it looks like it hurts I think it looks like he yeah. times it where he hurts and, I, and it almost certainly doesn't I don't want to jump too many podcasts ahead nope, here but I'm sure may, it doesn't may, maybe one day we'll do you know about leg drops and I've always heard people talk about Yokozuna and say that those massive thighs might have looked devastating but most people will say he, he hardly touched them 
and he was able to do it in such a way. Maybe if he liked you, I think. But um, you know, you could do it in a certain way. And I think I don't want to get too much into the safety thing. There might be I'll be wrestlers listening to this telling me that I'm talking a load of shit. But to me, the look of AJ's is as it hurts like hell. But my knowledge is probably that it's uh, it's probably relatively well, safe. I think it's fair to say. And on that note, while whilst we're talking about a guys that work safe and B moves that look like they hurt like hell I think the one that always strikes me that hits ticks both those boxes is Daniel Bryan I was going to talk about Bryan and I was going to talk about him in a uh, as a lead off to a few other people which is oh sorry Dan well no no it's fine no it's a good time to do it Daniel Bryan yeah you're right his corner drop kick is something very different He does, and the fact that he does it and then he runs back and does another one runs back and does another one but also, sometimes he'll do a, a top rope drop kick, and I think I mm. think I'd happily say that a, a missile drop kick would be part of this conversation. I, I, we haven't really mentioned too many so far, apart from the one you said right at the start about the uh, uh, about the rockers. But um, I would include a top rope one. But I think it's very hard because it's very hard to hit them from the top. Plenty, I've seen plenty of people do it. I can think of, you know, certainly a, a, an early part of Jericho's offense was doing it, and the one, two, three kid. Plenty of other people that would, would go up and hit a missile dropkick and it would look decent. But I think because it's so hard to do without landing horribly that people will take some of that into account. So therefore, a lot of people, when they do a top rope dropkick, will do it feet first and take a and take a flat back bump, you know, you know, to protect themselves. Obviously, that still hurts, but they will take it that way and, and do the feet out dropkick. So I'm thinking of people, that's how I would think of Owen Hart doing it. It's how Daniel Bryan would do one from the top, Gail Kim. Um, yep. I can think of a few uh, Christian. I can think of a few people would, that would do that palms out, sorry, not palms, like soles out, and then flat back um, way of doing it. I'm absolutely not discounting that from being an effective one. Um, and I, so I think Daniel Bryan is a bit of a two-way factor. There's the there's the missile drop kick with the flat feet, and there's also the corner one. So I think he could almost yes. have like a double entry, as it were. Well, as with most of the things he does, he does it better than better than than a lot of the guys on the roster he's, he's the perfect worker really um, in terms of mechanics and in terms you know what we were talking about with Mr. Perfect I think the same applies to Daniel Bryan I think everything he does it just looks so crisp and, and effortless so I particularly like the corner drop kick and especially the repetition I think that really really does it for me missile drop kicks for some reason just don't I don't know I just don't know I, I, they don't hold the same appeal to me just because again I, I keep going back to it it's that, it's that vertical leap that really impresses me and that in-air movement and I just think a missile drop kick is just a bit easier like and, and we talk about you know again we're not wrestlers we'll never be wrestlers we're out we, you know we are not athletes in any way shape or form but I just think oh, okay when I was a bit fitter, I probably could have pulled off a missile drop kick. Um, you know, so? A little bit of a leap. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I could. I think like the the athletic feet behind it is less than a standing start um, from the ground. I might be massively wrong, and please feel free yeah. to correct me if any guys who know are listening. But it doesn't. It, to me, I I'm not as impressed by a missile drop kick off the top rope as I am a really good one from the ground. Okay, oh, I mean, I'm not going to fight your opinion. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting take. Um, I'm going to do uh, two things now before we come to our final list of five before we start to knock it down. One is to just address something that a few people have said, which is, does this count as a drop kick? Does that count as a drop kick? A few variations on the move. 
Um, you might even bring in Daniel Bryan's sort of running leg lariat finisher, for, for want of a better phrase. Um, certainly some people have said, what about um, the Claymore kick of Drew McIntyre's? I think mm-hmm. we would suggest that there's a fairly obvious thing of what a drop kick is. Those things are, you know, are ways of attacking people with a leg. There's also been a few other people that have done a sort of one-legged you know, leg attack. I can think of D'Lo Brown as being one, Booker T, Lance Storm, almost like a one-legged drop kick. I think we yeah. would we would discount all of those, wouldn't we? We wouldn't necessarily yep. say that they are. I think a drop kick is a drop kick is a drop kick. I think we know what that is. Those one-legged ones, they're like half volleys, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, well, which is which is arguably harder than a volley, but you know, I'm saying it's a, <laughs> I, I still think it's not quite the same thing. So, um, if you were if you're screaming about why we're not including Drew McIntyre, that is why. That's the one. Um, yeah. And what I'm now going to do is do a quick troll through our social media, and I'm going to do a lot of it. So, thank you for everybody for uh, getting in touch and, and having your opinion. Please do feel free to uh, to continue to do that week on week and to participate because uh, we want to get our uh, sort of our knowledge base and our idea of what you're all thinking about to give us our shortlist but I'm going to run through the ones that we haven't mentioned so far as quickly as I possibly can um, and basically stop me on any of them I'll leave you a short pause and if you want to okay. jump in on any of them to tell anything Paul but other than that I'm just going to mention the ones that I think are, are worthy of, uh, of a mention because a couple of them I think might be um, people joking slightly uh, so the ones that I'll take up um, uh, Texas Tornado Kerry Von Eric was mentioned okay uh, keeping on going up. Oh yeah, Jeff. More than more than one person mentioned Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. I think Jeff would probably fall into the, the the Ziggler category of a very good technical drop kick, but one that didn't stand out. Would you agree? I would. Com- I would fully agree with that. Yeah, it was it was ten out of ten for execution, but um, yeah, that nothing much to talk about really, is there? No. Uh, Lee Whitworth mentioned uh, Tamatonga as being someone to also think okay, of in there. Okay. Okay. Uh, still moving up. Leanne Culverhouse said Roderick Strong. Uh, again, probably again fall, probably falls into that bracket again of being very very steady. You know, very technically very good. As I think Roderick Roderick Strong, dare I say, is the new Dean Malenko, um, in the sense that he's always going to have a great match, but you know, mm. not convinced about his personality. I'd That's put him personality-wise, I'd put him several notches above several notches. I'd say above, but not several. One, one notch. <laughs> Harsh. Okay. Uh, who else have we got here? Um, did I me- did I mention Finn Balor? I'm not sure I mentioned Finn Balor when I was doing about you... the uh, the flat feet one. I don't think I did. Don't think so... you did, but it was he's, he's got a cracker. He would do that, you know, the running one to set up for the uh, uh, for the top rope stomp, wouldn't he? So I think that's uh, we've probably slightly overlooked him. We probably could have done a bit more chat about him, but the fact that he didn't immediately come to people's minds, perhaps gives us a good uh, reason to say that uh, he's not going to uh, to make that list um, what else we got here, Owen Hart we've sort of mentioned, Roman Reigns drive by again that falls into the same bracket as the Drew McIntyre thing, not really counting mm-hmm. as a drop kick uh, still going up, Billy Gunn says Donald Stewart he had a pretty sweet one uh, a couple of people did mention Billy Gunn uh, Jumping Jim Brunzel uh, going back a little uh, okay, bit okay nice, I can't I say some... I can recall that one but great well, I wonder if possibly some of our um, audience don't really go back far enough to uh, to recall Brunzel. Otherwise, I think I think if John, Jim Brunzel had been born ten years later, he'd be coming up in these uh, in these conversations. Um, I think that's probably it. The only other people that I ought to mention is maybe I think a couple of people have uh, offered a suggestion with a bit of a an asterisk next to it, which is to say I've seen at least one mention for the Big Show, and I think I saw one mention for Jerry Lawler. 
where I think it's more like they're not the best drop kicks you've ever seen, but because Big Show is six foot, you know, sorry, seven foot two, and because Lawler is 114 years old, um, you know, people will go, "Wow, I can't believe that old man's throwing a drop kick. I can't believe that big guy's throwing a drop kick." I don't think they'd really be considered the best of their ilk, but it's it's a it's a a feat for those people to do it. Would you see where I'm coming from there? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I can I can visualise Jerry's. Lawler's dropkick on my mind's eye and there's certain guys where if you show a silhouette of their move you know it's them straight away and you're right it's not the most athletic thing in the world but the guy's 16 he's still pulling off so fair play absolutely indeed right unless you have anyone else to bring to my attention I think we have probably gone through the list and again if we have made a very egregious error and missed out someone completely and we're going to sit up in bed tonight and go oh my goodness we never mentioned so and so in many ways, that kind of suggests that A, because we didn't think of him, he can't have got into our brain, and B, no one mentioned them. So therefore, we are you know, able to uh, keep our conscience clean about forgetting someone. And if you think that we left someone out entirely, and it's terrible that we never mentioned them, then where were you when we were sending out the tweets? Where were Indeed. you on our Facebook page? And Paul is going to tell you, because I'm assuming if you are thinking that kind of thing and you didn't get in touch, I'm assuming that means you didn't follow us on social media and you have found a different way to our podcast. Welcome, by the way. But if you don't know us, we are Hooked on Wrestling. We are undisputedly the number one in the UK for live pay-per-view parties. And as we mentioned earlier on, we have a brand new website and some pretty cool podcasts. So Paul is now going to tell you how you can follow us on social media, because presumably you didn't before no no absolutely not but if you want to get in what a better starting place than hookedonwrestling.co.uk for our website from there we're on facebook at facebook.com forward slash hookedonwrestling um, on instagram at hookedonwrestling and on twitter at ho underscore wrestling we're and almost getting is- into Zack Ryder territory aren't we <laughs> well possibly who? <laughs> Matt Cardona there you go let's go <laughs> get this right um, we are getting into that territory but it's uh, we have some fun on our socials and uh, in particular on the Facebook page uh, and at the moment certainly during lockdown and we might continue it we'll see how we go once uh, we're allowed out of our houses again um, but uh, at the moment Friday night is quiz night on the uh, on the Facebook page so uh, 8 o'clock yeah, British time so if you're listening on it in a different country uh, work out your, uh, your timelines but 8 o'clock it, I mean, we we change it roughly, but uh, we change it occasionally. But roughly eight o'clock Friday night is uh, is quiz night. You can come and join in with me and Paul on that as well. Yeah. So plenty going on on our show. So the Facebook in particular is a very um, uh, bright place in terms of uh, discussion. Every post we put up seems to generate some discussion, and uh, and generally speaking, I think a fun place to be, Paul. Not a horribly snarky, bitchy, abusive place, but a a fun place to be. We soon rat out the people that are not playing the game. Oh, we do. Yeah. From from you know, for me, it's the it's the most enjoyable social platform to interact on because I think it's the most reasonable and sensible. Um, so you'll find us mostly there. We, we, we keep our hand in on Twitter and Instagram as well, but you know, I, I handle the majority of our social media and I'm most comfortable with Facebook. So you stick with what you're good at, don't you really? That is utterly fair. And I will say that... Uh on all of those platforms certainly on Twitter and Facebook is where we'll be posting these questions every week uh, it's likely to be the website which is where the poll will be um, but the announcements for the uh, the subjects are often going to be on the social so keep an eye across all things uh, so you can join in every week because we're going to be doing a different topic uh, each week and we'll announce them during the week we're not going to announce them on the podcast but we'll announce them during the week on social media and start to get things rolling so look for around about the weekend 
uh, to be when it's going to be announced each week. So, right, are we going to look to make it? Are we going to look to finalise the top five? I think we have to now. I think we have to come up with our five. We're going to call it the favourite five, and we need to narrow it down. I think we're going to be generally pretty in cahoots here we're not going to come up with some sort of system where I have two picks and Paul has two picks and nope. you know we have an arm wrestle over the fifth one or anything like that I think we're going to we're going to basically come to a, a very favourable I think of it as like do you know when they do a pairs episode of who wants to be a millionaire and both of them have to say final <laughs> answer I, I think I think if we want to veto not not big veto um, but I think if we want to veto then we can but we have to be reasonable about it. You know, it can't just be a... If, you know, if we've, we've had 17 tweets saying something and, you know, and two for everyone else, but I try and veto because I don't like them, that's obviously uh, unreasonable. But generally speaking, I think we need to... Uh, uh, we, we'll have an agreement. So, are we agreed on... I think there's at least three or four here that we can definitely agree on. So, I think so too. Uh, I'm saying Okada goes in. I've got him on my five, yep. For his drop kick and for his um, groceries uh, online, <laughs> excellent I, delivery I think... slot service at the moment. I so I understand. If you can get one, right? So I think Okada is in. Correct? He's in. He's in. Uh, I think we have to put in. Uh, I think we have to put in Kurt Hennig. Also on my list. Agreed fully. Uh, I think we have to put in. I think we have to put in Mark Jindrak, don't we? We talked him up so much. I think I think Jindrak has to go in the list. You're three for three, mate. Yep, indeed. Okay. Um, I'm going to... Okay, I will give you my next two. And if you if you disagree with me... Well, in fact, I, th- I think I've got three more, right? All right. I think... I think the th- we've, okay, I'm going to tell you the ones that I don't, don't think we're going to include that we've mentioned. The ones we talked about at length. I don't think we're going to go with... Um, uh, I don't think we're going to go with Paul London. I don't think we're going to go with Ziggler. I don't think we're going to go with Maven. I've just realised one that we haven't talked about, or that we could have done a bit more on, but I don't think we'd have him in the final list. We should have mentioned Doug Furness, who was someone that uh, someone did yeah, do, true. do a, do a gift. When I was going through that lift, list, I missed the gifts out, and someone put a, a, a gif of Doug Furness doing a fabulous drop kick. So I think he would be uh, in the top ten, maybe, but not the top five. But I think, so we've got Okada, we've got Henny, we've got Jindrak, I think we need two of the following three. We need two of Holly, Orton, and Styles. Well, it's funny think... you should mention that, my friend, because I've they were if if I'd have stretched to a sixth, they would be my next three. Um, I've got Orton as my ne- as I'm gonna I'm gonna put him down as one I definitely want to see in that five. Um, and then I think I'm gonna leave it to you between the other two mates. I've got I've got Styles as the fifth one on my list. But I was very close to putting Holly instead of him, so I'm not going to I'm not going to pull up any trees and make a big fuss if you think uh, if you think Holly's a better preference. I mean, I honestly, this is whichever one of the six. I think these. Are, I think it's a big six. I think whichever one we leave out, it's going to feel like a, a missing. I I do think I agree with you. I do think I would go AJ Styles next. My personal preference would be for AJ Styles yep. and in fact I would think I would have a, the reason I'm confident in it is I'm fairly certain I would have AJ Styles over Randy Orton okay so so I think I would be sitting here going oh, Holly or Orton Holly or Orton but the fact that you've gone Orton first and I would probably go Styles first means that I think we need to make that our five I do feel horrible for leaving out Bob Holly he's, he's unlucky to miss out but I think if we left out any of Okada, Henning, Jindrak, 
Orton Styles or Holly. I think whichever one we left out, we'd be going, oh, it feels bad to leave those out. I do not have a problem being it being a top six, but you are the you are the decision maker, you are the head honcho, you are the main man, well, the numero uno, the king <laughs> of the hill, the showstopper, the main event, the icon. You are the man that can make the decision. So if you were to make it a six, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Um, although once you start doing that, you then go, oh, then well, we could add Doug Furness as a seven. Yeah. Oh, actually, we could add, you know, Maven as an eight. You could play that game and go on. Forever. Exactly. I'm going to say because it's our first week, let's not. We might well in future. I don't want to rule it out, but I just don't want to deviate from our fantastic five uh, format on the first week. I was trying to think of uh, some alliteration for week that began with an F there. Um, yeah. Well, you've already called it a fantastic five, and we did agree to call it the favourite five, so you've already changed that. <laughs> so favourite five, favourite five. It's the favourite five because it's got a V-E. Because it's fave five, V-E-V-E, you see. It's the, yeah, it's the ass- yeah, yeah. It is the assonance is what we're looking for. Favourite five is what we're going. You're absolutely right. So let's yeah. stick with that five, and let's go Kurt Hennig, Mark Jindrag, Okada, Randy Orton, and AJ Styles. It's not a bad list, mate. It ain't bad, it's is it? If you can't find one you list. like on there, then uh, I worry for you. We have done our job. It is now over to you, the Hooked On public, uh, to discuss and decide on who is going to win out of those. We cannot steer you any further, um, but I am going to say to you, Paul, and I don't mind if you opt out of this, if you had to choose one, who would you choose or would you rather hold that back and tell us in the next instalment so you don't um, steer people's minds but if you had one who would you go with you make out as if I've got some any sort of influence on people's decisions and that clearly is not the case now I've got no problem um, stating my fairly clear preference Um, before I do so I just want to say that when by the time you hear this unless you hear the instant it drops onto uh, onto the iTunes Spotify and whatever else we will have the poll up it's going to be on hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote Okay. Yeah, you should be. Okay, just say that again. Hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote. Hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote. That is going to be something we are going to say that a lot in the coming weeks. You're going to hear that just like you hear. Download the app, 9.99. Stay at home, save lives, protect the NHS. You're going to hear lots of the sound. By the way, I sound like I was taking a piss out of that. I'm really not. No, no, no. That's a very, very good message, which we should all adhere to until I'm told otherwise. Correct. Um, But that's what it's going to be. And when I click on there, because I will be clicking on there to cast my vote, and my vote will go to Randy Orton. And I'm quite... I'm quite confident in that. I, there's not a whole lot of umming and ahhing for me there. For me, he's his the younger Randy Orton through the best dropkick of all time. I am going to because I think it was sufficiently different, sufficient I remember it so many years on, and that he did everything so technically beautifully. I think I would vote for Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. Um, that would be my choice again because I think he had he had enough difference to his drop kick. I think it was beautiful looking, but it was also, you know, something slightly different. The fact that he did it on the run and he, you know, the way he would he would vary it. That's where I would go. But listen, if he comes fifth in the poll to the other four, I'm not massively upset about it. I still think it's a uh, it's. Um, I don't think there would be an upset. Do you know what I mean? I don't think anyone could win this and we'd go, wow. No, expecting that. I think there's going to be some weeks where we have to come up with the top five and we're going to go, well, those three are really obvious. Those four are really obvious. Oh, we need a fifth. 
chuck him in. But I think this is not one of those. I think I think we had a very clear top six, and we've had to narrow that down to a five. But I don't really see any of these being, you know, hugely ahead of the others. Do you? Nope, I agree. There's not. Yeah, yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Really, anyone who wins this deserves to win, and it's just down to preference. Okay, that is our discussion of the best dropkick of all time. How to be great at dropkicks? Well, I'll tell you how to be great at dropkicks is to study any of the people that we have mentioned. I think we've probably come into the into the two dozen or so number in terms of the actual people that we've mentioned. There's a lot of very good dropkicks that have been around in professional wrestling, and there'll be plenty more to come. Did we completely miss someone else out? Tell us on social media, on our email, and on the website. Would you like to hear a particular topic discussed in future weeks? We're here for the long haul, folks. We're going to have plenty of things that we can do here. We have so many topics on our shortlist. It's not a shortlist. It's a very, very long list because it's about 100 things long. But that doesn't mean we won't have thought of everything. So if you would like to hear something, if you say, here is what I would really think you can discuss, you can put it to us. We'll add it to the list. And if we think it's good enough, we'll stick it straight in. We have not decided on our topic for next week yet, but we do have several that we are sure that we're going to do fairly soon. So very, very shortly, we are... Um, this is this episode is likely to drop on Wednesday, May the 6th, and by the weekend we'll certainly be advertising next week's topic, so we won't hang around. But if you do want to hear anything in the future, let us know. And like I said, we might be t- we are not going to restrict this to this. We have mostly spoken about WWE today with a little bit of um, WCW, AEW, uh, and uh, of course New Japan. But uh, we're not restricted on what we're talking about. We talked about a bit of British stuff as well. Um, We might be doing some company-specific stuff. We've got a really nice topic about um, TNA coming up that we think we'll do fairly soon. I certainly have got an excellent ECW question that I want to pose at some point. We've got our favourite wrestlers as well. We might come up to certain wrestlers. What was their best match of this year, that year, the other year? We might talk tag teams. We might talk moves, entrances, haircuts, outfits, belts, cities, countries... There is so much to do. Once you do your Mount Rushmore of the best four of all time and your best match of all time, you're done for. But when you get into the kind of forensic detail that we want to, we could be here forever. And you know what? By the time we've exhausted every single topic, we'll have another five people who will be um, up there challenging for the best dropkick of all time, and we'll start all over again. But until that point, this is the Hooked on Wrestling podcast, How to Be Great. And this is Rob McNichol and Paul Benson telling you that you need to go to hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote and you need to go to our social media to get involved into next week's poll. Anything else, Paul, before we leave them? Not this week. I am on best behaviour in terms of plugging, so I'm going to keep stum. I think think we've been there. I think we've been fair on plugging. Quite frankly, what we would if you're new to us, folks, we would normally plug, plug, and plug again about our upcoming pay-per-view parties. But since we can't <laughs> leave the building, not a lot of and, point in that. and because no one's allowed to gather in any place resembling a pub or a bar, we can't really get involved into this. Is what we're doing for SummerSlam. Once we're given the go-ahead, we'll be we'll be straight after it. But until that point, you are safe from our plugging on that front. So okay, it just remains to be said then for now from Paul, from me and from the whole Hooked On team, go to hookedonwrestling.co.uk forward slash vote. But more importantly, just remember this. It's wrestling, so enjoy it. And we'll see you next week.